listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Monday afternoon, and I'm really excited to welcome back on the program fitness coach Nathan Solia. Nathan, it's great to see you. How are you? Happy belated birthday. You're looking younger and oh, fitter. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, one more year, 49 years young. Amazing. <laughs> you, you still look 29. I think it's a testament to, you know, being healthy and fit. So that's a great incentive for many of our listeners well, to hop onto Facebook yeah, now to you. see thank you. you. <laughs> and Noreen May. Yeah, I know. Well, that's it. I mean, there's a number of people that have told me before, go, oh, you sound so much younger on radio. I'm wondering whether they can look at this and go, oh, maybe he's not as young as I thought. No, even younger. So, guys, hop onto Facebook, uh, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see Nathan uh, with us this afternoon. Um, so last week, Nathan, you shared some very interesting points about sort of breathing and posture. And just to continue with the theme of, of breathing, um, perhaps this week we can talk about uh, shortness of breath. Um, when we're exercising, um, because a lot of the times I think many people will sort of think um, if you're sort of short of breath when you're exercising, you think, gosh, I'm really not that fit. I mean, uh, do the two go hand in hand? Uh, is it a good indicator to say someone's not so fit if they're not <laughs> breathing as well when they're working out? Well, it, it, so so I think um, it, there is a bit of truth to, to that. Um, you've just got to remember that there's two types of, um, you know, uh, assessments of breathing. There's gaseous exchange of how much, you know, oxygen and, and, and carbon dioxide passes within the body. But then there's also the, the, the pulmonary um, system as well, which is basically how much um, how much of the breath that we're doing or, or the, the efficiency and the effectiveness of the breath that we have. So um, going back to your point of like, okay, I'm running out of breath. Uh, I'm, I'm running out of breath. Am I very fit? Well, yes and no. It really depends on whether you are, uh, you know, if you're very fit for running, for example. But when you get in the pool and you start swimming, the the type of breathing that you have when you're pool is, uh, is, is different. You know, you'll breathe, you know, breathe in really quickly and you'll breathe out very, very slowly. Breathe in really quickly and breathe out really, really slowly when you're swimming. But when you're running, it's really a, a sort of like a, a quite a fast breath and a shortened right. breath. So it really will depend on the type of exercise you do. Now, in saying that, you can also, uh, you know, people's um, ability to breathe, you know, diaphragmatically. When we breathe into our diaphragms is that, that's how we're supposed to breathe. So when we breathe in, we're supposed to breathe two-thirds into our lower diaphragm, and then we're supposed to breathe the last third into our upper chest. Now, what tend, what we did this last week is, is that, you know, when you're breathing through your chest, there's a lot of cartilage, there's a lot of weight up the top here, and it actually reduces the amount of breath that you have. I see. So you're... you're You've, you've got that part of it. But then also, like I said, you've got that gaseous exchange of being able to get that right ratio of oxygen and carbon dioxide and nitrogen into your body. And um, there's a, a really great technique called the Buteyko technique. And the Buteyko technique, and, and I'll give you some history on Buteyko, Vladimir Buteyko, he was a Russian guy who, um, who was a doctor in hospitals and, and he was in the ward of people that were dying. And he started to notice... And this is ironic. He started to notice the deeper the, the, the deeper, the slower the breath, the closer they were to dying. 
So what he actually found That's was so that That's so surprising. I actually, thought they would be sort of gasping for breath and more shallow and rapid breathing. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, right? So, so what he did is, is he actually put together a, um, a, a breathing technique, which was what he's labeled as the uh, Buteco technique. And it's very short breaths. And, um, and, and with the shortened breaths, it allows you, and, and I've done this, you know, with a practitioner and, um, and to learn the technique, it literally lifted my ability to, to, to train aerobically dramatically. Like, you know, I would do triathlons with very, very little training and I would be able to complete the triathlon in a reasonable time. And, you know, just by using the, the Buteco technique, I was able to actually just um, it, the, the whole idea behind it was is like when you shortened your breath a little bit, you actually lift the carbon dioxide level in your body to a point where there was a right fuel mix or right mixture of oxygen, carbon dioxide, nitrogen, because you were taking shorter breaths. Mm. And so when I was able to actually do this during my races, it improved my, my capability dramatically, even though I hadn't trained that hard at all. So my point being is, is like, you know, you can influence, um, you know, your, your fitness level just by improving your ability to, to breathe correctly. Speaking of breathing correctly, have you noticed sort of the clients that you've worked with experiencing that shortness of, of, of breathing, you know, and what are some of the reasons? Are they doing it on purpose maybe to elevate their, <laughs> to, to elevate their performance? I mean, what are some of the reasons that we do it naturally? Well, the big part, the big part is, is we're sitting down and when, when you're breathing shallow, what we tend to do and, and different from the Buteco technique in the sense that you're still diaphragmatically breathing, but generally with most people when they breathe shallower is, is that they start breathing into their chest. Right. And because they're breathing into their chest, they're not able to get a full breath into their into their um, uh, in, into their uh, into their lungs. So what ends up happening is the breath becomes shorter. And sure, you know, like I said, you, you can get that right fuel mix. But the problem is, is if you're breathing into your chest all the time, it it doesn't give you the right fuel mix into your body. So what ends up happening is is that you become shorter breath. Yeah. And what people tend to do as well is they tend to hold their breath. And you'll notice this a number of times is like, you know, and I've done this when I've been swimming. This is like when I'm starting to get tired, I'll hold my breath underwater as opposed to breathing in and then breathing out and breathing in. So I'm actually holding my breath for a longer period of time. Now, it's okay to be able to do that if you're doing heavy lifts, if you were doing weight training or if you're doing power training because you need that um, the intra-abdominal pressure to be able to to be able to secure your spine, secure your body when you lift stuff up. But when you're going for long distances, you know, if you're running like 400 meters, 800 meters high, um, or, or you're the, or, or, or longer, you need to be able to diaphragmatically breathe so that way you can actually get the right, um, the not only the right fuel mix, but you're also um, taking care of that cardiopulmonary system where you're diaphragmatically breathing. So to answer your question in a, in a you know in, in in the best way possible is is that you know if you are breathing through your chest and you're running out of breath just check out 
check out seeing how you can actually get your breathing to diaphragmatically breathing or even Googling Buteco technique because I know a lot of that stuff is on YouTube too. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a really good point just now about sort of exercising anaerobically versus aerobically. So something that's sort of more high intensity, um, we naturally need to breathe in more because we're using up more energy. I mean, but does that sort of make our shortness of breaths worse in a way? Because you're you're trying to get more energy by breathing. So you, you actually appear sort of more out of breath, which is not a good look, but it also sounds like it's necessary to do that to get more energy. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, is like you've got aerobic, um, you've, you've got your aerobic capacity and then you've got an anaerobic capacity. And anaerobic is absence of oxygen. So generally like anaerobic or even the one before that is the creatine phosphate system. It doesn't rely on oxygen to function. So, you know, the 100-meter sprints That's right. are very much anaerobic creatine phosphate system, whereas uh, the, you know, in, you know uh, 200 meters, running, 400 yeah. meters, 5,000 meters, they rely very heavily on aerobic system. Now, here's the kicker. When you increase your anaerobic system or your anaerobic, what they call the anaerobic threshold, where you push yourself to a point where you feel like you're just about to, I think oh it's my God, 70 I can't do any uh, Over 70% of your regular heart rate or something crazy like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually even higher. It's, it's even around higher. 80%. Wow. Yeah, so it's around 80, 80 to 82%. And, I, and I've done this a number of times before, and, and it's a great one for your listeners to be able to take care of. If you guys run and you have a heart rate monitor, then notice where, um, you, know, where you start to uh, – and you push yourself quite hard. Notice what your heart rate gets to. Now, to work out what your, your, your aerobic and your anaerobic um, beats per minute is supposed to be, it's, uh, it's 220 minus your age, and then you times that by – uh, between 70 and 80 percent and 70 to 80 percent is your um, is, is your limit your 80 percent is generally is where your aerobic threshold is so any higher than that you'll start going into your anaerobic threshold where you actually start to slow down and I know mine is around 82 percent of my maximum heart rate uh, sorry 82 percent of Oh, yes, 82% of my maximum heart rate. And that's when I start to feel like, oh, my God, I can't go any further. I need to slow down. So when I bring it down, and I, and I can do this to, like, clockwork with my heart rate monitor, is when I bring it to 80%, I can just keep on going. Wow. So, you know, so so when, you're, when your listeners are, are working it out, it's 220 minus your age. So 220 minus my age is that I just sold you 49. It's uh, 170 or 171, and then I work out the percentages of 171 is. So, like I said, between 70 and 80%, you'll be safe to do your aerobic level. But do push yourself to do your anaerobic threshold because if you lift your anaerobic threshold, your aerobic capacity will also increase as well. That's um, it makes a lot of sense. I'm just wondering that you know if we appear so short of breath, is is there a danger to it, or is it sort of necessary for our body to breathe in sort of more rapidly to get that energy in? Well, that's that's a really good point, right? Because like you know, you you've got these um, you know, these high intensity workouts where they push people really to the limit, <laughs> to the and, point of throwing yeah, up. Is, I think. Yeah, there there is a certain level of of um. 
uh, of, of danger there. So you've got to be wary of, you know, first of all, I always say that if, if you're not experienced in exercise, do not try and do the anaerobic threshold, you know, anaerobic threshold testing or, 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 um, uh, or exercises until you've built up your aerobic level. So, um, so, so yeah, so consider that first. And you know what, another one that will also help with your aerobic capacity as well as weight training because weight training does require it's it's got a it, it's got a lot of fast twitch muscle fiber but what it also has is the ability to be able to take in um uh, higher doses of red blood cells which means that with higher doses of red blood cells it means that they carry higher oxygen levels there too so weight training will also be able to give you a um a, a higher level of aerobic capacity, but nothing really replaces that ability to be able to breathe correctly. You know, that diaphragmatical breathing, two thirds into your diaphragm, one third in your chest. Nail that first. And, and a very simple exercise that I give my clients is, is like every morning when they wake up, they diaphragmatically breathe. Every time they go to bed, they diaphragmatically breathe. And over a period of, it, it takes around 5,000 repetitions to decondition a bad habit and a further 300 to condition a good habit. It takes around six to eight weeks before that becomes a natural occurrence for you. And um, and it, it goes from that, um, that um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, is it goes from that, um, uh, oh, I've just gone blank. It goes from your conscious to your subconscious. Right. So it goes from that conscious to your to your unconscious where it becomes natural. It's like when you drive a car, your first time you drive in a car, you're like, oh, I'm driving the car. I'm looking over the steering wheel. Oh, my gosh, I've got to change gears. Oh, yeah, I've got to use my pedals and, and brakes and clutch and, 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 you know, an accelerator. But like in a year's time or even less, you know, within, you know, three months time, you're driving and you're thinking of what's going on in the future and you know you're talking to your friend and you're talking on the phone so there's you know it goes from that conscious to the unconscious and if you can get that then it'll just blow the lid off your ability to to exercise more you know more effectively and 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 have a, a bigger aerobic capacity yeah it's just one less thing to think about when you're working out you're thinking about your technique and your form and you're focusing on enjoying the process rather than just sort of counting your breaths and the way uh, you breathe we are live uh, with Nathan Solia today on Facebook Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 and we'd love for our listeners uh, to join us there uh, Jane writes in to say uh, Hi, Noreen. I've just finished reading Breath by James Nestor. An amazing read. Highly recommended. Thank you very much, Jane, for your recommendation. And that's uh, for our listeners who want to get a hold. It's Breath by James Nestor. I'll have to check it out. Um, finally, um, you know, how do you sort of overcome this uh, when you feel out of breath when you exercise? You know, some people sort of say they swear by interval training. You know, this way they, they, they get that aerobic, they exercise aerobically, but also anaerobically and that you know they, they incorporate rest breaks i mean how do you sort of overcome that if you are sort of always out of breath when you when you exercise that that's a really good point because i was actually training a client this morning because she wants to run more right so it, instead of you know the the thing with an intent um um uh interval training is is that people tend to think that interval training is I work at this pace and then I push myself harder and then I go back to that pace again. Well, you can actually do it the other way where you can actually go at a, at a, um, at a 
your normal pace, but then what you do is you decrease it for the next minute and a half. So, for example, this client of mine is, is like, you know, we trained last week and we trained, we did two sessions last week. We did one minute at a, at a pace that, you know, she feel can't, she, she, she can push herself with. And then we did a minute and a half walk. And then while we were walking, we were focusing on her breathing. So we diaphragmatically breathe, you know, breathing into your nose, breathing out through your mouth. That also allowed her to be able to return it back to a diaphragmatical breathing. And then after that minute and a half, we ran for another minute. And then we, re- then we stopped and we walked again. We diaphragmatically breathed for a minute and a half. Now today, which is only one week later, we actually went from a minute and a half to a minute and a half on and a minute and a half off. So it was a 50-50 split. Wow. Now, you know, if for your readers, uh, for, your, for your listeners, is that, you know, you can actually increase your rest period. So, for example, doing one-minute jog and then do a two-minute walk and diaphragmatically breathe and doing one minute on, and you'll find how quickly you'll actually start to build up your aerobic, you know, your aerobic capacity. And like I said, with one week, this lady has gone from a 60-40, which was, you know, 40% at, a, at an intensity and 60% at a decreased intensity. She went to a 50-50 split within one week. Wow. That's a great so, improvement. So she increased. She, yeah, basically she's increased her, she's increased it to nearly, to, to up to 20% in one week. Wow, that's great news. Um, for, for some of our listeners who sort of feel disheartened about shortness of breaths, maybe it's your body sort of taking in more energy through your breathing. So maybe it's necessary. And if we can learn the techniques, then actually it would work towards our ad- advantage. So it's not we, we don't have to feel too oh, bad if we are sort of hiking or running and we feel out of breath. It's maybe just the body's way of, of getting more oxygen into the body. Well, yeah, I mean, you, your body will always have this, and it's called the pain teacher. So when you when you have that, it is best to stop, right? So it's best to be able to have that, that you listen to that pain teacher. It's the same thing if you have any knee pain, you're right? So if you're running along and you feel that knee pain, stop, because there's something telling you that you shouldn't be doing this for that length of time. So if you're feeling really out of breath, then you know what I like. I like I said. What I what I um I, I challenge you to do is just focus on stopping belly breathing mm-hmm. to the period of time to where you can actually start speaking. And I always say, um, to to know where you are in that aerobic state, you should be able to say any. You should be able to say anywhere between five and seven words in that aerobic state. If you are getting any higher than that. Then, sorry, if you're getting lower than that, you're only say like two or three words or even no words, you're too high. So bring it down to that level where you're doing between five and seven words and then, and then I'm able to speak again. So you're breathing within that five times. And and it's very easy to say, you know, you can say, um, you know, uh, my name is Nathan Joseph Sawlier and I'm running. And then that's it. And if I take a breath in, I'm right in the zone. So you can just keep repeating yourself and keep checking yourself in. That's terrific. And what you did just now actually made me think, what if you're sort of experiencing shortness of breaths and you're breathing in? Is it good to breathe in through the mouth only or through the nose only or through both? Because you're literally like, you know, that sort of feeling. So which is better? 
proper proper breathing you know when you when you when you find these people and and you know what you know when 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 the gloves are off and you're trying to run a race you're just trying to breathe any it's survival way you can. mode yeah absolutely exactly but i but, but the best way to be able to do it is through breathe into your nose yeah. out through your nose so oh. you breathe in through your nose out through your mouth so because in that way you've got that balance between it but i've been able to find is like if i breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth I can I can still regulate that that breathing, and when you watch the when you watch the Buteyko technique, it's all breathing through your nose, and and the thing with your nose and for a health side is when you breathe through your nose, you've got these hairs it's inside your nose which right. protects, yeah, which also protects the the back of your throat from taking in big particles. You know, and you know we're right in an age of a pandemic, right? We want to be able to. We we don't want to take anything in. So making sure that you're breathing through your nose allows you to be able to filter out a lot of the big particles that may be coming into you know into our body, and you see that a lot. You know, when you hit your pillow, you see how much particles I come know. out. You can actually just you can actually you can actually stop those big particles coming in your mouth by by just putting a piece of surgical tape on your mouth. You just put a piece over the top. And then you sleep at night time, so you breathe through your nose. And pe- people ask me, well, what if I can't breathe through my nose? Well, you can perform this technique, which is really, really helpful. And, 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 I'll, and, I, and I don't know if you've got a blocked nose, but what you do is you breathe in through your nose, you breathe out through your nose, and then you clamp your nose. And, we'll have and to- you hold your breath. We'll you have hold to- your breath for as long as you can. We'll have to revisit this topic oh, and, um, another no, time, Nathan. So yep, much. we'll have to break Let's for the news. Going. I know. <laughs> and next time, well, Nathan Solia, thank you so much for your time uh, this week. And I look forward to chatting to you again and wishing you a happy and healthy year of the ox. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Thank you.